0: everybody again out there in podcast radio land throughout the country hoping everybody's having a a healthy and a happy one despite all the wonderful things that are going on in the year of our lord 2020 in march of that year of march of this year and what's happening in the last couple of literally minutes hours days weeks and months going <laughs> on for everywhere uh, this is the original Fool with Papa Fool again coming to you from the Fool's Forest at the Virus-free! Virus-free, <laughs> virus-free Fool's Forest right now. <laughs> Knocking on wood and everything else we can have us here at the base of Ignorant Ridge and Vicodin Valley. Lord knows it's everywhere else with, what is it, COVID-199765 <laughs> version 6.0, 2.0. The, not the swine flu, not the turtle flu, not anything else, the coronavirus that is causing Corona beer to tank and people to buy more Bud Light Lime and all other kinds of wonderful stuff right? that's kind of going on. But anyways, we digress. Uh, we don't want to get into all the wonderful health and concerns and issues ESPN's
1: like, doing nothing but that 24/7 cuz they can't do anything, anything else, else yep. cuz nothing's going to be on TV. And and
0: that's the thing and the stuff that is going to be on TV is going to be something to behold <laughs> when you have literally nobody in the stadium. It, it's going to be it's going to be stands.
1: the Ocho on regular
0: ESPN. That's <laughs> what it's going to be. My question and we'll, we'll probably dem- devote about another 30 seconds to this. Is do they pipe in noise through the overall, like basically, system where you have like sitcoms that have the clap, you know, the <laughs> clap roll on there? Are they gonna have some kind of just like screaming factor uh, when somebody scores a bucket or some kind of upset happens, if they even play the things at all? But, anyways, you know, there's no telling what's gonna happen. So, this week we wanted to kind of divert from all the other stuff. Uh, we devoted more than enough time right there. Uh, talking about it. So this week the Fools wanted to get into a couple of different things. Uh, the first one being this week, you know there was news that came out about Tony Romo uh, a little less than a week ago, signed a new contract with CBS, one of the largest deals and whether or not he's worth it and then the other stuff is looking at days gone by because of all the things that are shutting down with theme parks and other stuff and the new uh, technology we wanted to look at. Some of the rides that no longer exist, whether it be at Universal, Disney, or other different things that we miss uh, and we wish you know hadn't gone by, but we understand how certain things go. So the first topic of this week's stuff with the day with the Backwards Fools here and uh, today is again, you know, this whole genesis came from Tony Romo. You know, he's basically been at CBS now for two seasons. Am I correct in saying yeah. that, Papa yeah. Fool? Uh, you know, he's been there two seasons. And, you know, say what you want. You know, he's not going to be on my list today of top five sports announcers. That's the topic we're getting into today. And we're talking of all time for genres, anywhere, any point, any kind of thing. He's definitely not on my top five list yet. But if you watch him and Jim Nance and some other stuff, you know, I could take or leave Jim. You know, Tony's been pretty good. And the other thing is he's been very accurate with stuff that he said.
1: He knows, obviously, he knows the game. And has been removed from it for such a short time that he still understands the offenses that they're running now. Oh, yeah. And he can pick up on anything. Our and that tendencies. is I, That's the thing that I've been impressed with him. How many times he will say they're getting ready to do X and they do X.
0: And it's just amazing and not to kind of bash him, but it is going to be bashing. You know, if he's this good at picking apart what other teams do, why in the heck didn't the Dallas Cowboys get past the wild card round with Tony Romo uh, while they were doing everything else? Yeah. But that was that's the basic – the genesis of today's topic is, you know, when Tony Romo signed this new deal, ESPN was going at him hard. The conversation became, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, they want to try to get him for Monday Night Football. Tony Romo, was he overpaid? Is it too much money, you know, $13-plus plus million a year, which was almost – uh, more than he got playing for the Cowboys and different kinds of things. So our topic that we, that we wanted to look at this week was your favorite sports announcers, broadcasters. It could be one person. It could be a team if you want to do it that way. We want to do our top five countdown from five to one who is our favorite and what we enjoyed the most as far as the overall uh, consideration for top five announcers, broadcasters, whatever you want to call them, people that you listen to on a sporting event, whether it's TV, radio, or whatever it be, internet um, right now uh, and in the past and so on and so forth. So this is just kind of our top five and I'll go ahead and I'll kick this thing off uh, for this one. Uh, Number five to me, um, you know, I've got a lot of junior junior stuff compared to a pop full here, but I've heard and seen a lot of old games and stuff like that. But number five to me, as far as just going through it, uh, got probably a lot of different calls. You know, the one that this guy's most known for by all is, Do You Believe in Miracles? But the one that I liked even more than that was the Antonio Freeman one uh, that Brett Favre threw to him on Monday Night Football, and he literally said he did what? where he caught on this my number five broadcaster to me of all time right now is al michaels that that would be my number five
1: Uh, al michaels is definitely in the top five i might even put him higher you know i haven't really i didn't go to there there are so many announcers that that i could pick and what's interesting to me is i started breaking this down and you kind of said well it could be either way to me, if I'm going with an announcer, I'm thinking of a guy that does play-by-play, Okay. which is what Al, Al Michaels does. And we can talk about color guys, too, but, but for me, I'm going, I'm going with play-by-play guys. Uh, and, and if I'm going to do uh, a number five, Connie's um, probably going to need to be up there even higher, but simply because of who he is and what he's done, then Scully okay uh and and the thing about van and there's two or three others on here that i could mention like this he comes from a radio background oh yeah and uh announcers that have done time and radio can paint a better picture than most of the announcers on tv today I'll give you a perfect example of that and i don't even remember who he was but if you saw the game this past year in the giant Stadium where the cat was on the field, oh yeah, and they try and there's been all kinds of clips. There is a there is a, if you go to YouTube, there's a video clip sync with the audio of the radio broadcast where that announcer is describing everything the cat's doing <laughs> and, and throws in a plug for a sponsor in the, the middle time, of it. yeah. it's unbelievable. So. So uh, I'm going to put Vin as number five for a lot of different reasons. And, and uh, baseball, obviously, is is one of those things that that uh, you really paint a good picture with that. So I, know, I'll put him at number I, five. I got,
0: I got no problem with Vin Scully. You know, like I said, we're going to have differences of opinions on some of this stuff and other things. But that was kind of where mine. Uh, Vin Scully, you know, not a bad one. I'll definitely understand it. and I like Al Michaels on that. Uh, moving down the list for me. Uh, so we got five for Al at me. Number four. Uh, you probably would put him as a matchup with this, but I just couldn't put him as a matchup because of all the stuff that he did and everything else. He got overshadowed by his broadcast partner forever, uh, but my number four overall was just Pat Summerall. Uh, I had Pat Summerall because when I listened to him and John Madden, I couldn't put Madden in there because, yes, he was funny, but some of the stuff that he says, and it's become just folklore, Maddenisms and stuff now, uh, I couldn't put the duo in there because... John was. It got to a point where he got older. It was just too much. It was too obvious. But Pat, if you listen to Pat, unfortunately, you know sometimes it sounds like he'd been drinking for a while when the game was going on. Other different kinds of things. Well,
1: I, toward the end, but yeah. but in in his prime and oh, with yeah.
0: John, with John, uh,
1: and, he was. And there that goes back to my thing about color. Color. Yeah. I mean, John's a great color guy.
0: But he's not. An but announcer. he
1: could. He couldn't. I mean, he knew what was going on in the game, but that was not his forte. Pat. Kept you in line. I mean, you could tune into the game. And no, exactly. In Thirty seconds, you were caught up because and, he he had that knack and, about and, him, and just letting you know how the game was going and 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 where they were. And and, and I, I just I think he did a great job describing the game itself.
0: And that's where I think a lot of people knocked Pat was there wasn't a whole lot of inflection or stuff. Very monotone, not over exaggerated, but the description and stuff that he, when he called games. Uh, to me, it was just you couldn't ask for a better one. It was inter- it was interesting, not necessarily entertaining, but interesting. Information was given. You knew what was happening. There was no question about that. So four for me was Pat Summerall. Papa Fool, who's your... Four now I'm going five. old
1: school again because uh, right. I'm going to kind of go with. I'm agreeing with some of your people, but it's going to make me change some of my picks because I thought this. Well, is you don't be have to if you want. Well, put a no, no, than. no. This is the, this. I just want to bring announcers up that deserve to that deserve to be on the list. And this is another old school one who was also originally a radio guy, Lindsey Nelson. Mm. Lindsey Nelson is was just another one of those guys that could paint a picture. And brought that with him to television. If you ever watched him do a college football game, if you can get on YouTube and find, uh, and I, they're probably out there clips of him doing games. He is. Uh, th- there's nobody that was any better than him. There might be somebody I'm going to mention. If you don't mention him it, as we go on, that's close, uh, or or is on the same level with Lindsay. But Lindsay was a class act and uh, just just a really really good announcer.
0: All right, well, I'll take Lindsey Nelson and all that stuff going on. This This next one's probably going to be a topic of conversation because if you're going with the whole difference between announcer and color commentators, I don't know if necessarily you'll like this. Uh, but my number three, so it's my number three of all-time announcers and just commentators or whatever you want to call it, and it's kind of in the sports realm, but it's not just from a purely entertainment value. And he also did some stuff outside of his main focus uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> okay. I, I thought, yes. I, I thought, uh, well, you know, yeah. and most people know Bobby from wrestling. He did do some baseball and other stuff on the side while he was doing wrestling at the same time. Uh, Bobby was basically, you never got more of a laugh. It didn't matter what he was calling. It could be absolute paint drying. If Bobby was calling it, there was going to be some kind of joke, some kind of quip, some kind of humor, something that was going on. And, even if there was a, you know, he got known for doing some baseball games and stuff. We would crack jokes for other times during the '80s and other stuff. But, you know, it didn't matter if the score was zero to zero. Like I said, if it was paint dry, he's going to find some way well, to make humor of it and make you have it a good time. So and no
1: better bang for your buck entertainment-wise related to sports or sports entertainment than what he would have to say. Yeah, uh, and, and he, he 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 was one of a kind.
0: Yeah, you know, you, would he go with Gorilla Monsoon? You know, yeah, I would think those two would go hand in hand. But Gorilla had some other stuff. Bobby, you know, Bobby went on to do, you know, announcing with multiple people and multiple wrestling stuff. And like I said, he was known for wrestling. He also did some baseball and some other things for a few years, for just a few instances that were gold, if you can ever find them. But I think Bobby would probably be the number three of all time on that. So that's my number three who would be your number three pick as far as everything?
1: Well, number three, I'm going to throw one in there that, that to me is on the same level with Al Michaels, is Dick Enberg.
0: Okay, Dick, I got Dick, you.
1: Dick Enberg, uh, he, he's one of those that's so versatile in what he can cover. Uh, basketball, tennis, uh, NFL, golf. You the the Rose Bowl. I don't know how many times he, he's done did, yeah. been the announcer for the Rose Bowl. Once again, one of these guys that can really keep you in the game and explain what's happening in the game, and very knowledgeable and uh, just just class guy and and one of those guys that, that just. He's right up there on my list. Uh, you get to the top. That's top five. And yeah,
0: it's, it's it's hard to pick, and that's why we try to do this because one, we're trying to keep it short, and then you've got to be real judicious with what you pick. Uh, but I definitely agree with Dick Dick Inberg being up there. He's not on my top five, but definitely one of those. If Dick's, you know, cu- Dick was calling the game, it was another one that you'd enjoy watching and everything else. Uh, this next one. Um, it's gonna be a little favoritism. I'm sure if some of you guys are hearing our voice and our draw and other stuff, you could probably guess where we come from in different parts and where the fools force actually locates. But my number two pick is gonna be kind of a local favorite. and again, it's just one of those things where you enjoy listening to him, especially if you're on his side. I wasn't on and we weren't on his side on a couple of these calls and a lot of things when it came to these events. Uh, But we were on this side on others, and if you were, it was great. But even if you weren't, you respected it because you enjoyed the heck out of it. My number two uh, of all time, Larry Munson. Ah. I think Larry, and that's one that it's it's more regional. It's not national. Larry Munson, if you guys ever get a chance, literally Google him. He was for the Falcons, the Braves, the Georgia Bulldogs, anything that had to do with Georgia athleticism or athletics of any kind, professional or college, he did it. He told a story in such a way where where the Fool's Forest is, it's a little bit below one of the uh, – kind of the uh, the 37th parallel, or so if you're looking at latitude stuff as far as the states go, uh, so it's kind of on the southern end. But, you know, he told it in such a way where it was kind of like you're back home listening to somebody else around this area with the drawl And the the analogies and the metaphors he used were absolutely just you would make you laugh. And and
1: he's a radio guy, which he's really known for. He did do some television. He did television for a little bit. And especially toward the end of a career, they they did a little bit of TV with him. But uh, once again, one of those radio announcers that could paint the picture for you and just you felt like you were there in the stadium with him uh god there's so many great calls he made i I just laugh thinking about some of them but that is yeah absolutely so yeah i
0: I, that would be mine so what would be your number two there papa fool for so we're at two we're at two your second best
1: this is one that simply because of what he did for sports on tv you don't think of much about him being a play-by-play guy but as far as sports on TV and what he did for sports in general, Jim McKay. Oh, Jim McKay okay, of ABC, Wide World of Sports. He covered so many different events. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's one of these that is kind of like an Al Michaels or, or really a Bob Costas who we hadn't really mentioned. But one of the things, he, he was also, uh, he was a news guy, too. And one of the things its a sad remembrance, but one of the most memorable things that he did is just no one else could have done the job he did was in the 72 Munich Olympic Olympics when the Israeli athletes were killed. He went on TV and explained what happened. And, and it was one of the it, it was heart wrenching. But he also, uh, you know, the wide world of sports, the agony of defeat. Uh, so many things he covered and, and, uh, he is one of those to me that, that simply because of what he did for, uh, just getting all kinds of sports out there on TV and, and really, really kind of one of the leaders before sports really exploded on television. It, it really deserves a lot of credit and, and a great announcer.
0: Oh yeah, definitely without a doubt. So now we're up to number one. All-time sports announcers and commentators and stuff like that. Uh, My number one is a more current one. Um, He's still somewhat active. He's not a full-time announcer. But, you know, I don't know how many years he's been doing it. It's been at least 15 or so years. Uh, He does mainly college stuff now and also some pro. But when I listen to him and I listen to him on this stuff, it's just probably because of what I played and who he is and everything else. And it's just one that I enjoy it more than others compared to what it's become with announcers and everything else. My number one who's still active, not as much, is Dan Deerdorf. Ah, I, yeah. I I love listening. If and I don't care who's with Dan Deerdorf, you know, if he's calling an NFL game, he calls a lot of Michigan games because that's where he's from. I'm not I don't really care for Michigan one way or the other. It's not gonna bother me one thing. But when he does NFL games, if I listen to Dan You know the the original full here played line and other stuff like that, and it's just one of those things when I when I listen to him, he's knowledgeable, he's entertaining. He's very yeah, and, and he won't good.
1: hesitate to say if somebody yeah. does something stupid they did something stupid. Correct. And he'll tell you why he did something it, stupid they did well. something stupid. Not so, just, well, that was stupid. <laughs> he'll say that was stupid
0: and here's why it was and stupid. And here's why he was stupid. So that's that to me, and that's probably why he's number one because he's still active and I hear him more than everybody else. But I definitely, you know, did we have I left out a bunch? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we've left out I don't even know how many, but that's my number one. So to recap mine, number five for me was Al Michaels. Four, Pat Summerall. Three, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Two, Larry Munson. And number one all right, was Dan Dierdorf. So who's your number one Papa Fool at the end of the day? Well, Indiana?
1: here's another one, and it's probably being a little bit older, but he, he didn't retire that long ago. Uh, but once again, one of the uh, quintessential football announcers of all time, Keith
0: Jackson. Yeah, oh yeah. Keith
1: Jackson absolutely has to be on the list, another one that could paint a picture and uh, could tell you everything that was going on in the game from a technical standpoint, uh, worked with so many different people. So, uh, I mean, and this was a hard hard list for me to come up with. And I just kinda, and I <laughs> picked some of these for different reasons. It's not necessarily that some of these are, people are better announcers. But, but they were groundbreakers in some respects.
0: And, and I would agree, you know, I had a lot of trouble. Keith was one of the first names that came into my head. Uh, but I, I, I just, for whatever reason, couldn't put him in the top five. There's a top ten. He's definitely in the top ten for me. But I could not argue that with Keith Jackson being number one. Uh, as far as that, did we leave a bunch out?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I, just, I mean, just to throw, not, you know, throw. If a, you want to do
0: honorable mentions, we could try the well, honorable we mentions. We can just for a throw minute. a few
1: names without going into any, any detail. Uh Jack Buck, yeah. Uh, one of our one of our favorites in this area, Mike Keith. Yep. Um, you know, there's, the
0: list the list goes on and on. Now we,
1: I could give you some that I think are overrated. Well, that I think I think that'll be I think that'll be a topic for conversation, and I'm going to throw one out just, just that people can steal until we do it. Yeah, Howard Cosell.
0: Yeah, and I was going to be <laughs> I was going to agree with that. I, I, that's probably on the top of my list as well. So I don't be as quite controversial. Howard Cosell is by far an overrated one in my opinion, but. We'll try to get into all those different kinds of things on a later show, but that we'll try to stay positive for today instead <laughs> of going negative uh, with all the other stuff going on. But that's our top five picks uh, for all-time sports announcers and broadcasters. Some current, some not so far removed. Some are, you know, have gone on to do other things and kind of left and did some other stuff. So. Kind of shifting into our next stuff for everything else that we got going on. Uh, We wanted to look at, because last week we looked at the idea of changing rides and changing technology at Disney World and theme parks overall. So what we wanted to look at today is top five things, rides or attractions. We'll open it up to that and probably open a lot more to it. Top five rides that you miss or attractions you miss at any theme park. Now, if you've been listening to the last six or seven episodes, I'd be willing to bet that both of our lists are all Disney related. Am I, am I agreeing in that? Or do you have one outside the Disney? I realm?
1: have, I thought of some outside Disney, uh, but, uh, they won't necessarily, we'll see how that goes here. Okay. We'll see what happens. So we'll see kind
0: of how it goes. So my, we're going top five again to keep this, yeah, to keep, to keep this thing interesting as far as everything else. Uh, So number five, my number five attraction or ride that I wish was back. It exists in some form at Disneyland. It does not exist at Disney World. My number five five is now Nemo, but it used to be 20,000 leagues under the sea. That was my number five choice as a ride that I wish they hadn't done away with. Now, do we get why they did it? Yes, I get why they did what they did. Uh, I get why they did what they did at Disneyland. I don't know why you would just completely dismantle it and do everything to replace it with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at, in Orlando. But 20,000 Leagues Undersea, I remember going to it for years and years and years, decades and decade. Did it suck getting in and out? Was it a hassle doing all that? That's part of the issue, I have no doubt, that they took into consideration. But it was just such an interesting thing to see when you go underneath the actual held up. Nautilus. And it, it held up. And it yeah. held up over time. You know, One yeah. of those 20,000 Leagues Under You Sea, know, it's one of those movies that even if you have a child today, if you were to play it when they're young, you could get into it despite the lack of CGI and stuff like that. It's just interesting to see and all that. So my number five, uh, I wish they would have kept in some manner the ride attraction itself. Updated it to use Nemo or some other kind of ride in Orlando, but getting her in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, uh, my top five ride that I wish was still around for that.
1: Well, and I'll comment on that real quick. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what I've heard, and this is one of those things that uh, that, that Disney has kind of done, uh, especially when they made new rides, they couldn't move enough people through that. Yeah. Time-wise, yeah, it's too hard.
0: And and,
1: the last thing, honestly, the last thing they want you doing is standing in line and waiting, because they would much rather you be on a ride or in a in a gift shop or in a restaurant. Yep Uh, that that's the whole thing. And and sadly, that I don't. What what was capacity in one of those? I wouldn't say.
0: I wouldn't say more than thirty five people. If that,
1: and what did you have? Three of those running at maybe, any one time at maybe. the most, and and then the time it took. So I think that's probably what what. But but then again, you flip that back, that's still the capacity at Disneyland. Yep. So I don't know that. But I'm with you. That 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 one's. I may even move that up higher than five. All right. So list.
0: what's what's your number five then? Well, <sighs> I mean, we've had time to think, so there's no. backtracking this kind now. of.
1: This one's kind of a. a an amusement park ride, but I hate that they did away with it is, is the Skyway, the Sky Buckets. Okay. Uh, because it was kind of fun to ride that from Tomorrowland uh, all the way over to the Liberty Square area and, and be able to, to get a, a really good look at the park, park from and that everything. standpoint. And it's one of those things you could relax on and have a good time. Yeah. Now, once again, I don't know if that fell victim to the number of people that you could put on it at one time i never have heard a good reason why well you would probably
0: right. imagine the safety concern but now with that whole thing they've got the skyliner yeah. they've got <laughs> it's, the Skyliner, which a
1: whole lot faster
0: uh, supposedly and it has no air conditioning and a giant hot box in florida heat as far as in humidity yeah. which we'll talk about that uh another time so number five uh, again for me 20,000 legs under sea. number five for papa full the uh, skyway Or Skyline or whatever you want to call it now. Uh, Number four for me, rides and attractions. It's still there. It's still being used. Uh, I was probably one of the only ones and I completely get why they did this. Uh, Maelstrom, the Norway ride for the old Vikings and Trolls that has now been turned into Frozen. Um, I get it. Uh, I understand why you do it. Literally the phenomenon that was the Frozen movie. Uh, But just because I get it doesn't mean I had to like it. Um, do I mind the ride now? No, I don't mind it. I've ridden it multiple times, and I understand it. It's still fun and interesting. I just like Maelstrom more. That's just our opinion well, because and, and, I like the Vikings. I like the Trolls. Well, it's just you're our opinion. You're team.
1: hitting what I was going to say. It takes away from what Epcot originally was, and they're getting more and more away from that. Well, You're back there. And, and and
0: that's a topic we're going to deliver. We made devote vote one day to, which is what Epcot has become right. from what it was supposed to be. You know, But the, that's another Maelstrom episode. was really
1: a tribute to Norway, which obviously is where this, the, the frozen ride is now. Yep. But it really tells you a lot about the country and its history.
0: Yep. And
1: and uh, I, I'm like you. I, I miss it as well. I hate that they, that's what they did. And I'm going to touch on another one that.
0: that so, what's your number four? Well,
1: and, and another one that's in that same vein The Living Seas at Epcot. Okay. The Living Seas, once again, was originally you know, pretty much an educational ride, but also was fantastic from the standpoint of what you really got to see and the way they presented how we relate to the ocean and how important it is and the sea life and everything surrounding that. Now they've turned it into Nemo. Yes. Uh, and and here again, you you have gone away from what was one of the original ideas of Epcot, and just decided that a movie is it's more important more important than everything. And we could get more. And I, yeah. you know, they're catering to the younger crowd with that. But but by the same token, I think you lost a, a, lot, a lot of what Epcot was.
0: Yeah, I could agree. And then here on number three, ours is still kind of in the same vein where the ride is still there, but it's a different attraction. Uh, So for me, number three is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, what has now been changed into the People Mover and what has happened with all that because they've taken away some of the audio stuff. They've changed the track and some other things. Um, Don't get me wrong. That and my my, my family and other people still think I'm crazy and Papa Folk could understand this. That right now, at my age, is one of my top favorite rides at Disney World yeah. because of just it's chill. You see inside of attractions. You get to basically see all kinds of stuff. I, I just don't like some of the changes and things that has happened to it over the years where it's gone away from the Tomorrowland Transit Authority to the People Mover. I know that was the original name. I liked it the way it was for 20-plus years as Tomorrowland Transit Authority. You're number three. For rides going by.
1: Well, let's do an attraction. All right, same um, thing.
0: Yeah, that works too.
1: Which it was originally developed, I think, when they were refurbing in Fantasyland, Mickey's Toontown.
0: Yep, Mic- I saw that too, yeah. Mickey
1: Mickey's Toontown was And then this is
0: just in Orlando. It's yes. still at Disneyland. It's right. just not at Orlando anymore. Uh, it's not but, at the world.
1: But you know, I th- if I recall, they really developed Mickey's Toontown to take some pressure off when they were doing some refurb. Uh, in, in Fantasyland and it turned out to be so popular they decided to keep it for quite a while and there's remnants of it that are left yeah but very few remnants oh and, yeah and uh, really w- with with Mickey's house and Minnie I mean, that that was cool stuff especially for for the, the younger kids but the adults liked it too I think that was a mistake to get
0: rid of it at Disney World yeah and then they have replaced it with some kind of carnival thing and that kind of stuff so Now we're getting into the top two. Uh, A lot of things we've left off, but at this point, this is... And it was interesting when I went through this list. I noticed a lot of these attractions and rides that I miss are at one park. And that kind of give you a little bit of a heads up where I'm going. But my number two of all time that is not there anymore, uh, despite the fact of how long it was, uh, the Backlot Tour. Uh, I think I I miss the Backlot Tour. And again, I know why... It's all the stuff we said. It's time-consuming. It doesn't get as many people in. It took too long. And they're not a working theater anymore, or excuse me, a working movie studio uh. at Disney World. It's not MGM Studios. It's Hollywood Studios, the studios, but it's not a studio. They don't produce movies or anything like that um, in Orlando. But I just missed the backlot tour from the whole process of you have the interactive boat stuff, then you would go in and you would literally drive around the lot. You'd see old stuff. Then you'd go to the uh, Catastrophe Canyon and get that experience and everything else. And it was literally a 35-minute ride through everything that was going on. I just missed the back lot tour. Well, um, and, and and that one
1: and that one, if you did it all originally, originally when you got on it, you had to do the whole thing. Yes, and then at one point they you let you skip. break. They let you break it up, yeah. and that goes back to addressing what I talked about earlier about moving people, people through, and through the park. Yep. He wants you to spend money here at, at this, that, and the other, and when you're on that, you couldn't do it. But I think my I, I narrowed it down to what I wish they had kept this catastrophe Canyon. They could have kept it true. as as a separate attraction, and to me, it's still one of the best. Of adventure type, uh, disaster movie type yeah oh, rides I've, really that, cool. that I've ever been on.
0: So then your number two was Catastrophe yeah. Canyon. Yeah, kind I'm of on the a, same I, yeah, thing. Yeah. And then number one, um, it's going to be hard to argue with what they replaced it. I, I could not be... I could not have less complaints about replacing it with this particular attraction than what they replaced it with. Uh, but I just... I liked it so much, and it was just so cool to do. The Great Movie Ride is my number one. Uh, I I think The Great Movie Ride, to me, was just so cool to go into the movies. You had different actors. You had different set pieces. Every time you went was something different, whether that different be good or bad. But when they come out and say, we're replacing it with the first ever ride for Mickey Mouse... And it's devoted to Mickey. Uh, You you can't argue with what they did to replace it. Well, Uh, I I can't. I wish I could. You know, this
1: is going to be my number one, too, because it was always one of my favorites. And and the the good thing about that, I think a lot of people said, well, it was dated. Well, those movies were dated when it opened. Yeah, the point is they were classic films. Yep. I mean and, you literally people should be exposed to them. I can't imagine, and I, I've seen it. And we wrote it enough to where you would see young kids get off that ride and, and said, want to what, go watch. What? Well, what, what was that? What was what was that? You know, like the Wizard of Oz or, or some John movies. Wayne Clint Eastwood. John, yeah, they're going. What was that? I want Alien and, and the they, Alien and Indiana they get in, Jones. Yes. I mean, and they get just, introduced to those movies. That they will, to me, and of course, it goes against. I guess the idea of it being a working studio has gone further and further and further From away. From it is, yeah. And they're they're drilling it more into the park with Disney-related movies, Movies, yeah. And that's and
0: we and we will talk. I definitely think there might be an episode where we literally talk about genesis of a park. Versus what it has become—is this right? Is this wrong? Uh, try to think about what Walt had in mind
1: for stuff and what
0: it actually became.
1: We like to do that because I think one of the things—and you hit—you hit on a good one right there. I think he would love the, the new Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. That that to me has uh, if you've seen it on YouTube and if you haven't go out and find a clip and, and if watch you've it. ridden
0: it you know this as well. It,
1: it it is it would be everything he would love about a ride.
0: A ride a ride that was based surely on cartoons and it, and it has being able to ride it. It with, has almost all of his cartoon creations, including the original one, Oswald. It's in there. There's a bunch of Easter eggs with him in the ride and
1: being able to ride it with your your child yeah, regardless yeah. of age.
0: Regardless of age you you can ride it if it's a baby you have to hold or if you're 90 something wow. years old you can still ride that ride which is a key thing yeah uh that he wanted to have so that's just a little day a, a, a countdown or a count up day however you want to think of it our top five for uh, sports announcers and also our top five things we wish hadn't gone away at uh some theme parks around the, around the country, so uh, we hope but you guys... Specifically Disney, because that's what Disney, we're going to talk about. Because that's what we like. I mean, we've been, we've been, and don't get us wrong, guys, we've been to Six Flags, we've been to Kings Island, I have it Been to stuff, Bush Gardens. Been to Bush Gardens, Universal, we've been all around. Universal. Lake Winnipesoka, oh. Oh, anyway, yeah, I mean, you could, you could name rides at Branson, Missouri, Dollywood, all these places. At the end of the day, we've been to all of them, we, we just... Disney is... Hadn't
1: made it to Wally World yet,
0: though. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you count the blue and white Wally World that charges all the wonderful stuff that's originally yeah. from Arkansas, that does count. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I, we just we always come back to Disney as the top of the top. So we hope you enjoyed listening to us. Take you away from 30 minutes uh, for at least um, basically getting you away from what's going on in the world and just kind of sitting down and listen to us speak our mind for a little bit. So, again, this is the original Fool and Papa Fool here, uh, the Backwards Fools, coming to you from the Fool's Forest. We hope you enjoyed this week. All right, make sure to check us out on iTunes, anchor.fm, Spotify. We're getting pretty much on any kind of uh, platform, Podbean, you name it. If you search the Backwards Fools, uh, you can find us. We're at TBFOLLS at Fools on Twitter. Uh, we post those. Uh, once a week and you can listen to this episode. So again, thanks for listening to us. Catch y'all on the flip side and hope you enjoyed what we're laying down and got a dose of a little bit of what we like and what we don't like.